So my name is Zoe Bradfield. I uh, was born in Perth, eldest of three children. And when I was four, we moved overseas. My dad had a couple of diplomatic posts and we grew up in Fiji and some other countries and had an idyllic childhood, a really lovely time. And my parents decided when it hit or approaching our high school age that we should return to Perth. And uh, so we did that. We came back to Perth and started high school and uh, I went through high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I'd, uh, I'd certainly grown up hearing these stories um, of strong women in my family, uh, both my grandmothers, really strong women, and, and their predecessors before them as well. You know, they were entrepreneurs and businesswomen in a time where, you know, socially it wasn't really the done thing for women to do. Uh, my mum and her sisters described themselves as strong women, and it's certainly how I experienced them. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I found myself a bit lost in this, where do I fit in this story of strong women? Um, I knew that I had a strength from them, but in terms of the direction of where it should go and what it should look like, I really had no idea. So look, I continued on in high school and mum uh, did her diligence and she went out to the community and said, what, what is it that Zoe's going to do and, you know, what can she do? And I hadn't known anyone that had actually completed university. Um, there was no one in my family that had done that. And so I had nothing to hook into, you know. Uh, but mum came back and suggested that I should uh, do nursing. And uh, in the absence of any other brilliant ideas, I, <laughs> I agreed and I, you know, enrolled in a nursing degree. And so I started my nursing degree and probably related to the fact that I, it was, you know, it was okay. I was learning about the human body and there were some interesting things, but there were other parts of it that I just didn't really find fascinating. I, uh, I probably didn't apply myself to my studies as well as I should have. Uh, and I was pretty ambivalent about it, to be honest. Um, I remember halfway through my degree, we were at a barbecue one weekend and as you do, this older guy who was a friend of the family, um, you know, he was having a conversation with me and he was a guy that I had respected and looked up to kind of like an uncle figure. And he said to me, now listen, I hear that you're, uh, you're enrolled in university and uh, that you're, you're doing nursing. And I said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm doing nursing. And he said, what's all this nonsense? You should just stop it straight away. You should just find yourself a husband and you should get married and settle down and have children and don't worry about this nursing university business. So I was uh, floored. I was quite arrested by, you know, just how cheeky he was to, <laughs> to say that to me. Uh, I was about mm, 18 at this stage and uh, so the year would have been about 94. So, uh, and I just, I couldn't believe that he would, he would say that to me. And I tell you what, I wasn't a very good student before that conversation, but boy, did it make me focus afterwards. And uh, I went on and I finished the back end of my degree with flying colours, got really good marks, uh, finished nursing. And there was something in that conversation that stirred in me, almost like an injustice, if you like, of, you know, how dare you say that to me? Um, and at the time, I didn't really know why it made me so um, uncomfortable and angry, but it did. Uh, and so towards the end of my nursing degree, I met my, my partner, who is now my husband, and uh, we got married shortly after I became a nurse. Um, uh, and I entered and did my first year nursing at Royal Perth Hospital. Nice, pretty white uniform, white stockings, white shoes, the whole kit and caboodle. And you know what? You know, I was an okay nurse. <laughs> 
I, uh, you know, I was kind. I was, you know, I did my tasks diligently. I was efficient. You know, I was even clinically really good. Um, but I didn't love it. You know, there was it didn't grab me and say, yes, this is what you're meant to do with the rest of your life. And so I guess there was still a part of me that was wondering, if you like, you know, around how am I going to find what is this thing that I'm meant to do? And um, we'd been married for about a year and I was 23 at this stage. So when I would look back, still very, very young. But uh, my husband had an opportunity to move to the country for his job. So uh, we decided that that's what we would do. And I was able to pick up work at the local hospital. And uh, I remember the trip down to this small southwest town, you know, about three hours southeast of Perth, um, population of 5,000. There was a Woolies and a Target, which was quite advanced for those times, but that was about it. And uh, I cried all the way down the highway. (laughs) I think I had about five minutes where I didn't cry. And I think, you know, like I was still young and I was leaving this community that were, you know, a really big part of my identity. And um, but we were off on this new adventure. So I, I got work as a nurse at the hospital and I did some emergency department nursing. And I remember there were some occasions when I was in the emergency department that I might be called to um, go and help the midwives on the ward. Now, the midwifery unit was this place in the hospital where nurses, you just didn't go unless you were invited, right? Because the midwives, they were these really amazing confident but slightly scary women that really kind of fascinated me and so I'd always love it when I was asked to come down as a nurse and hold stuff or put up a drip or whatever it might be. And I remember, you know, several occasions witnessing these midwives engaging in this really robust dialogue, respectful, professional, but really robust dialogue where they would be advocating for women who wanted a certain thing but were being recommended by the institution or the hierarchy or whatever it might be to have another thing. And they would go to town. They would absolutely put everything into this advocacy for women. So I remember, you know, witnessing the midwives uh, engaging in this really robust dialogue with the doctors where the women had identified that they wanted one thing and the doctors were recommending another where the midwives would go toe to toe with these doctors. And that was something that I hadn't seen before in the profession of nursing. Uh, It was a, a very dominant, uh, medically dominant model where, you know, you would do what the doctors said and you certainly wouldn't question that. Uh, There was something about the way that the midwives did that confidently, respectfully, but with amazing strength um, and advocacy for the women that they were representing that I'd not seen before and was so intoxicating. And um, shortly after, um, I'd been at the hospital for about 12 months and the opportunity came up for nurses who wanted to become midwives uh, to undertake further education. And I put both of my hands up at the same time. I said, yes, please, that's for me. And so I was lucky enough to be chosen out of the pool that put their hand up. And uh, so I basically began 12 months of education. So I drove up and down the highway up to uni uh, and did some of my clinical in Perth and then some back down where I was and some down in Albany. And uh, at the end of the 12 months, I became a midwife. And uh, I, I couldn't have known it then, but obviously what I now know was that I was entering this life-altering trajectory. Uh, that is not just a job where you can go and you can obviously earn money, but also uh, it is what I'm on this planet to do. So midwife means with woman, right? It's the literal translation of the ancient English mid with wife 
woman. Um, and But it's more than that. It's more than just the translation of the ancient English. It's also uh, this philosophical underpinning of our profession whereby we're called to build this relationship and this working alliance with women and their families in order to empower them to get what they want out of this most fundamental of human experiences, which is creating more humans giving birth, right? So, uh, and I walked into this space that grew me up really, really quickly um, and uh, also showed me and I guess gave some direction to the strength that I knew that I had within me and I knew I had the potential to access but didn't know where to direct it. Um, and, you know, now I'm, I'm really fortunate to have, have um, worked many, many years uh, with women and their families uh, to empower them, to basically offer the emancipation of evidence-informed information um, and facilitate them to make informed decisions that genuinely alter the trajectory of their own life patterns, yeah? And that's, uh, that's just one of the things that I, that I love about midwifery is that we engage and we get invited into some really sacred places really, really quickly. Um, and uh, a really quick trust is built with these families. And it's really important that we do good things with this. Uh, and I think we see um, worldwide, you know, there's a reason why the World Health Organization says if you want to improve the outcomes of any community before you do anything else, give them a midwife. And it's because of their ability, midwives' ability to, to form this relational connection with humans and to genuinely seek to empower um, and improve the outcomes for those humans and their families. Um, and the way that we make more humans, the way that we are pregnant and give birth is a fundamental human act. And uh, doing that in a relationship relational style rather than in this hierarchical, institutional, paternalistic uh, model is um, an alternative that, that midwifery offers. And I'm really, really lucky to have been part of many stories. You know, I remember um, being part of a story with uh, a family who had chosen to migrate to Australia. Both of them were really accomplished professionals in their own uh, country. Uh, their qualifications weren't recognised here in Australia. And so they had to do jobs uh, in order to earn money that were uh, not using their full potential. Um, it's a very commonly held story uh, for many migrants. And they had a six-year-old son with them and they had moved for a better life for him. And here they were with this brand new baby. And uh, this baby was one day old, another little boy that they um, had given birth to. And he was this dad who was from a culture where he was never to hold the baby, a crying baby, never change the nappy, never do any of this stuff. And I was able to, in a space of six hours, was the time that I spent with them, to just gently but also, um, you know, carefully show them that this there was a new way that was required for them, that he was going to have to be brave and step into new spaces, uh, that he and his wife would have to be challenged to do new things that culturally they wouldn't have ever had to have done. And it wasn't fair for them because they were entitled in their own culture to have so much extra help and they didn't have it here now um, but to show them that if they were willing to be brave enough and turn to each other and support each other that they could build this new way this new life and so in the same way that this couple were brave enough to move from their own country, choose a new life and to leave secure you know, professions and to come to a new country, that they could also use that bravery um, in this new parenting journey that was going to require new things for them and to step outside of what was culturally normal for them. And look, that's just one example of uh, the really important and profound spaces that we get invited to in into as midwives. And so, you know, now I, I see and I recognise this, uh, this telos, you know, this Greek 
basic philosophical construct of what it is I'm on this planet to do, this midwifery business, um, I see it. And now I'm a midwifery lecturer, so I grow midwives myself. And so I make midwives that are uh, enabled and charged with that um, call to not just be technically proficient practitioners, which they must be, but also to provide woman-centred care that empowers women and their families um, in this life-changing experience of becoming a parent. Uh, I'm also, you know, offer professional leadership and I'm, I'm really fortunate to have the opportunity to give back from what I've been given um, by midwifery to give back in the leadership that I offer. I'm the vice president of the Australian College of Midwives and uh, so I'm able to um, offer leadership and guidance at a governance level um, to lead our profession to ensure that we can continue to do this into the future, to offer this business of being with women and their families and um, I see a sense of, you know, um, the stirring that happened in me that day when I had that conversation at the barbecue uh, that, you know, I need more direction and this is going to spur me on and, and you know, other instances where you've experienced that obstacles that they can help to refine you, they can help to show uh, where you're meant to go. And I guess the story is you don't always have to know where you're going to go. You will end up where you're meant to be. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's why I do midwifery is that I get to be with women and empower them and their families every day.